bottles in my hands, had pockets full of ops. Whole life I've been a G, had bitches on the block, had strippers on the pole, had cocaine in the pot, got fiends at the door. So I turned that to a rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to the Big Podcast. Here's your co-host James with Jake, episode 66. Thursday night. Feeling pretty good, um, you know, life. Yeah, definitely love to hear it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's get into it. Obviously, uh, starting off with the 49ers, uh, who are 21st in the power rankings according to Bleacher Report, for who are going up against the Cincinnati Bengals Sunday, who are currently 27th in the power rankings. Um, the 49ers, uh, obviously, uh, the field of the Buccaneers. Uh, 31 to 17, week one, um, off uh, mostly stout defense from the 49ers, um, but now going against the Bengals, um, who also have a stout defense, only letting up 21 points against the Seahawks in week one. Uh, offensively, the Bengals seem to have uh, a lot more production on the offensive side. In which uh, A. Dalton threw 35 uh, completions uh, with 51 attempts, which is like what, Jake? Uh, what's the completion percentage? That's uh, 69% if you round up from 68.6. Nice. Ah, nice. So he had about 418 yards. He had two TDs uh, while the rushing game was very much limited uh, against the Seahawks defense, um, who, in which the Davion Clowney did nothing. Uh, he did absolutely nothing during that game. Um, rushing only 34 yards total between two guys. Uh, Joe Mixon, who was actually hurt during the game, he only carried the ball six times for a rough 10 yards. Uh, he's questionable for Sunday. And G. Lonnie Bernard, who will probably lead the way um, if Mixon is hurt uh, this Sunday. I think he's been out for two straight days. Uh, back this now. Um, it's getting close to Sunday, so we'll just see how it is in the next couple of days. Um, but like we were talking about on the offensive side, a guy who's been relatively quiet, uh, his first two seasons in the NFL, Jake, why don't you talk about that guy? Yeah. So that player of course is Josh, John Ross, Jesus Christ, John Ross. Um, you know, he got drafted in 2017 as a ninth overall pick from out of Washington university or the university of Washington, same school Dante Pettis went to, um, yes. He, he's famously known for running the fastest 40-yard dash ever recorded at the NFL Combine at a 4.22 40-yard dash. Uh, he's 5'11", 194 pounds. Uh, his first two years were marred by injuries. I believe his first year he didn't play much at all. Um, I don't think he played, like, yeah. Like yeah he, he didn't play he didn't at all. Play a bunch, yeah. yeah. He missed the whole entire season. Um, I think, yeah, he, injuries, exactly. Yeah, so then his first, his basically his rookie year playing was last year in 2018. He was re- uh, relatively quiet. However, I think he got injured again. Um, I think it was another injury-rich season again, too. Yeah, so last year he had 21 catches for 210 yards. However, a third of those catches were for touchdowns. So he did have seven touchdowns last year, which... Which is kind of insane. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild um, if you look at it. Um, I'm trying to see like when he had... Because he played the last... Like when he got hurt? Yeah, I'm trying to see when he got hurt last year. I know. I, I remember him having a two-touchdown game last year, too, towards the end. I think he had, like, 
three straight games and two touchdowns, I think. I know he had that big one where he he was draped like draped by a corner. He caught he got up, caught it, and then like the corner fell down. And he got a touchdown. I know that was last season. That was kind of sick. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm trying to see his game by game stats, but my fucking internet's being slow as shit. Right, game logs. Okay, we're on NFL.com now. Game game logs. Let's see what he did. All right, so I'm going to go back to 27, 2018. He didn't play 2017. I don't know what injury he had. I'm guessing probably Achilles um, or a – because I remember he, when he ran his ran at the combine, he got injured at the end. Yeah, he hurt his hamstring. Yeah, so he got injured there. Um, let's see, the 2018, what did he do? Oh, my God. Get there. Okay, so he basically – all right, week one last year he had a touchdown. Didn't have another touchdown the week four. From weeks 10 to 12, though, he had a touchdown in each game. However, he didn't have a ton of catches. He had, like, two catches, two catches, three catches in those three weeks combined. Like, in those three weeks. Um, but whenever he – for the most part, when he catches the ball, he scores touchdowns. Like, in his career, he's had over – he has had, Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this year as well because he had – he had seven. So basically, out of twenty-eight catches, he scored nine times, which is about thirty-three percent of the time, which is pretty, which is like really good. I'm not sure like what the record is, but that seems like that could be close, depending on, depending on like how much game, how many games you have when you set as the bar, like the lowest end of it, which like your touchdown per catch percentages. Um, but yeah, he's really fast. So they have to be careful with him. I'm not sure who they'll. I'm not sure where he'll where he'll line up. Um, but I think when he's on the field, they're gonna have to have like a safety coverage over top of him. Maybe, maybe have like a linebacker start with him. Then have a cor- like a have a linebacker first, then a corner like next to him as well, like a sort of a double team. Then have the safety as well come towards him. But I'm not sure what they'll do for that. That's something we'll see on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, he has- just, it really just depends on where he lines up, right? Like you said. Yeah. So it just depends like what they do. Um, but yeah, um, if he's if he's healthy, uh, which he is, because last week I think you said this, he had seven catches, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. He had two, I believe he had over two 30-yard touchdown catches. Um, so he's big play threat. He's fast, as we said. Um, yeah. So it's gonna be kind of a handful. Catch for 55 yards last last game. That's probably one was one of the touchdowns then. So yeah, yeah he's gonna be a handful. Yeah, yeah, he got he he's gonna get he's gonna get that production with uh, AJ Green out. Obviously, he had seven. Yeah, he had twelve targets. Got you know, real seven of those in. Um, obviously, he's not the only receiver on that team. Uh, on the uh, passing game, there's three other receivers with sixty plus uh, receiving yards, um, which included John Ross. Uh, uh, other one being Tyler Board. He had eleven targets for eight receptions, sixty yards, and then <laughs> uh, I think it's CJ Uzma. Uzma, yeah. Um, Uzma, yeah. Should I tell him now? No, I'll tell him at the end. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, he, he had five targets. Uh, only, only missed one. He had four receptions for sixty-six yards. Yeah. Um. So I mean, hey, don't spread the ball around. Uh, obviously, uh, AJ Green. I think he, uh, AJ Green not playing this game. Uh, still out with that, uh, with that ankle injury that he uh, that he sustained. Um, but I, I think I read that he's uh, uh ahead of ahead of uh rehab right now, which is uh. Good for him. Uh, uh, but 
to see him back on the field. Uh, only 31 years old. Should be back soon. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about the, the Bengals' defense, though. Um, again, only letting up 20, 21 points to the Seahawks. Uh, that's pretty good. Despite uh, giving up a lot on the run, the Bengals did. Uh, CJ Car- uh, Chris Carson had 15 attempts for 46 yards. Um, I actually did pretty well on on defense, uh, stopping the run. Uh, he only had 46 yards. His long was 21. He had a touchdown, though. Uh, but Russell Wilson uh, had four, uh, four carries. Rashad Payne not doing anything, really. Um, and holding Russell Wilson to only 20 attempts, my God. The Spangle defense is somewhat serious, you can say. Uh, Russell Wilson had uh, 14, uh, 14 completions, 196 yards only. Um, he took four sacks against the Bengals defense. Um, two coming from Sam Hubbard. Um, threw two TDs, but yeah, again, um, the Bengals really uh, running in uh, with us with a pretty good defense against the Seahawks. Um, Carlos Dunlap had, had the other sack, and then Drake Kirkpatrick had probably on a, a corner blitz had the other one. Um, but, yeah, don't look past these Bengals. Uh, they, they're going to play pretty well offensively and defensively, just barring some uh, question marks at the running back position right now with Joe Mixon hurt, like we said. Um, but, like uh, for, like we were saying, the Bengals only giving up four sacks, or uh, getting four sacks on Russell Wilson. The 49ers only gave up one sack uh, Sunday against um, the Bengals' defense. Who actually played a pretty good game tonight against the Panthers, but we'll talk about that later. Um, how, how do you think uh, the 49ers' offense line will do against this Bengals' uh, top four? I think it's going to be more of a challenge this week. Um, the Bucks do have two pretty good players, and McDonald um, Sue, who's like a, more of a, on the line, like in the middle. Um, right. Then they have Shaq Barrett, who's on the outside. We had a sack last week, and today, as yeah. we'll talk about later on, he went off today. Uh, so we'll talk about that, too. Um, I do think this is going to be different because, as you said, Sam Hubbard had two sacks for the Bengals last week. He's a third-round pick out of Ohio State out of 2018, out of last year he was drafted. Um, so he had two sacks. They have Geno Atkins, who's like a multiple-time Pro Bowl and All-Pro guy, who's pretty good. Uh, I think they're better. I think their defensive line is much better than – Overall, their defensive line is much better than the Bengals. Um, so the Niners' interior has to be good this week, which they were last week, but they have to be even more so this week because even though Ndamukong Sue is a great player, Geno Atkins is like a Hall of Fame-type level player who demands double teams, so it's going to be interesting to see how they'll do against him. Yeah, Lincoln Tomlinson, Bessie Richburg, uh, Ben Gallen all going to be on their, on their A game for sure against this uh front seven um we for sure had a hard time running the ball uh last week against the bucks defense um the bucks defense realistically only gave up 14 points last game yeah um i guess the 49ers obviously us the 49ers scoring on defense two pick sixes um so we will just have to see it's gonna be uh, a challenge week two especially on the road um not coming back on the west coast staying on the east coast which will help them with uh, the time adjustment for sure uh, practicing in uh, Youngstown, uh, Ohio. Uh, practicing, practicing on the field of uh, Youngstown, Youngstown State. Um, but yeah, pretty excited for this game. Uh, 10 o'clock game. 
PST, specific standard time. Um, like I said, on the road um, against the Cincinnati Bengals. But um, let's move on to some bigger news. Um, why don't you take it away, Jake? Talk about uh, this Antonio Brown stuff that's going on. Yeah, so we didn't really get into it last episode. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on last Wednesday or Thursday's episode that we did. Um, but now, as we all know, Antonio Brown was released by the Oakland Raiders in a... It's like a soap opera type thing. Um, I don't want to get into all the details because it's kind of... It's like stupid to me. Um, but they cut him after he got... got After he leaked the video out of him talking to John Gruden, who apparently John Gruden agreed to have his tape recorder. I mean... So here's what happened. Antonio Brown and his team did a video about you know, Antonio Brown coming back to play. So then they had John Gruden called him, so they recorded him, and they put it into a video of him telling, of John Gruden telling A.B., like, what the hell are you doing? Come back, let's play. And A.B. was, like, doing what A.B. was doing, which was annoying. But um, so then the next day, after that, things he gets to see, he gets fined again. For contract detrimental to the team, I mean conduct detrimental to the team, which a quarter a quarter million dollars. Yes, which also Pacific. like rescinded all his guaranteed thirty million dollars he was going to owe from the by the voided. Raiders. Um, voided. Yeah, so it voided. They voided that. So the next day, he put something on Instagram saying, "Release me now to the Raiders." When I read that, I thought he meant not like release me from the team. But release me so I can like be free, so I can play now for you guys. I didn't think he meant, hey, release me from the team so I can go somewhere else. I did not think that at first. But he put that out there. Then the Raiders, who are like, you know what, screw this. Yes, you're a great player, but you know what, you're a headache. You're a piece of shit. We don't want you anymore. And that's basically what they said. They didn't really say that, but it's basically what they said after a while. So they did that. They got rid of him. Then, I believe the next day, no, it was the same day. So they got rid of him in the morning. Then yeah, it was in the morning. Yeah. yeah. It was in the morning. Then, at 1 p.m., he got released in the morning. He couldn't sign up a team until 1 p.m. 1 p.m. comes, 4 p.m. Eastern. About 10 minutes, about 5, 10 minutes later, news breaks. A.B. Antonio Brown has signed somewhere else. Everyone on Twitter is making the joke of a team that he would go to. Like, oh, watch them do this, and I won another Super Bowl. Watch them do this. We Randy Moss 2.0. That team, as I just gave it away... The New England Patriots. They signed Antonio Brown to a one-year deal worth fifteen million, nine million guaranteed. Uh, I believe five million guaranteed at signing, and also a, a second option year for twenty worth twenty million dollars, which will probably won't happen because they did that with Darrell Revis that one time they signed him. They signed him to like a one-year deal with like a thirty million dollar option for the second year. They're like, yeah, we're not we're not doing that for you. And he's like, okay, yeah. fine. Won a Super Bowl, but then was like, yeah. Nah. Won a Super Bowl, got cut, then went back to the Jets for a terrible contract. So now this time, Antonio Brown is a New England Patriot. So you think the story is over, right? Wrong. You would assume so, correct? You would assume so. However, you're wrong. The next day, I believe the next, maybe not the next day. Um, I, think it was the, I think it was the next day. It was either the next day. I know it was sometime this week. I think it was, yeah, it was probably Monday or so. Yeah, Mon- it was Monday. So yeah, about a day after he got signed, um, a report comes out that he's being sued for sexual assault and rape. Three instances of sexual assault and rape. Um, 
by the same person who was a former trainer of his. And I believe they were college college uh, classmates or they went to the same school together. I'm not sure like that they were classmates or not. It doesn't really matter. But he was charged for th- – he wasn't charged. The, the, the woman who was involved in it who got sexually assaulted allegedly because we don't know the truth. No one knows the truth. Um, but uh, she filed a – I believe it was a court type. I'm not sure what court. I'm not a lawyer, so I may be, um, I may be completely off, and I may sound kind of ignorant of like not knowing what she went through, um, like legally. Um, but yeah, she got, she so she went through the courts, and he was charged, not charged. He was uh, being looked into for possible sexual assault and rape of her uh, three times, though. Uh, that's the, that's like the thing that stuck out to me was that it was three times like jesus christ a b like what are you doing man then we get more news that he sent emails to her telling her what he did i'm not gonna get into the details of what he said he did uh but the emails are out there you could read them for yourself however you don't know if it's true or not in this day and age you have no idea what's being said if it's true or not because uh, like all the time on twitter you see these people like have dms of like athletes trying to like do like business with them, even though it's it then it comes out to be completely fake. No one knows like if this is true or not. However, it does not look good at all because he's been accused of he hasn't been accused of rape in the past, but he's had run-ins with the law that he's been accused of basically every year for like the last three years. So th- there's a lot of like when there's smoke, there's kind of fire. I believe um, that this could. This could actually be – it could be true. So the Patriots had a decision to make. Do we practice? Do we have him practice with us? What do we do? They had him practice with him. Now, he is eligible to play this weekend uh, against the Miami Dolphins. But yes. there's rumors that the NFL um, – NFL, um, the commissioner's office may put him on the commissioner's exempt list, which means he cannot play until he's off it or until, like, something happens. I'm not sure exactly. Um so he may not play. However, we no one knows if that's going to happen or not. Uh, we don't know yet. We should find out by probably Friday because they like the NFL likes doing this thing where they show you breaking news Friday after like everyone's like left the offices. So it's kind of like they're kind of hiding the news. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's put on the commissioner's exempt list because the things he's accused of is abhorrent and uh, like really, if he's guilty. He deserves everything he gets, obviously. If he's guilty, he deserves everything he gets. But, you know, we don't, we just don't know, like, what's the truth or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think he, obviously, you were saying they might put him on the exempt list. Um, I think there was an update today that the NFL is meeting with um, the accuser. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think it's uh, next week. Yeah, next week, because so she's getting yeah, married uh, this so, week. Yeah, so I think yeah. uh, AB for sure plays this week. Uh, no matter what, um, obviously the NFL is going to be an investigation, um, and we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, um, I mean, the, yeah. you know, the NFL is uh, obviously on stuff like you know the Kareem Hunt incident, um, yeah. the Ray Rice incident, and stuff like that. Obviously, uh, stuff like that. They're, they're put on a list or possibly uh, are. Uh, Kareem Hunt obviously back on with the team with the Browns, but suspended eight games. Ray Rice literally 
fan in the NFL. Yeah. Um, for what he did, but um, both caught on video, right? So there's yeah. stuff. There was evidence. Of yeah, what there's like happened. evidence that it happened. Yeah. You know exactly. Um, and then even going back to college football, Joe Mixon, even himself, you know, caught on yeah, there's video. Yeah, doing what he did. Like you see that, um, and you're like, yeah, he did it. With yeah, as you're gonna and, say, like and, yeah, and being banned from the team for a whole entire year. So. Yeah, and we know the NFL. We've seen this with Ruben Foster. I hate talking about this stuff because I don't want to sound insensitive or not. But like as an NFL, if I'm an NFL like coach or a player, I want that guy playing with for me. Like no matter what. Like I don't if he helps me win, that's all I want. However, as a human and as like a person who's not in the NFL, it's like how can you like how can you just play him like nothing happened? You know, but that doesn't mean you just cut him. But it doesn't mean you just, you know, you don't like you don't forget about it completely. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to do something about it. You can't just be like, okay, uh, well, nothing happened. We can't do anything about it. You can do something about it. So I hope the NFL does something. I just don't know what they can do because again, as we said, we don't know if these allegations are true or not. We have no idea. So I think the best thing to do would be to wait for all the facts to come out. Cause like with the Reuben Foster case, as we talked about ad nauseum last year, we thought, yep, he did it. He did it. Then we find out, he didn't do it. Like, she she lied, apparently. Then it happened again. Then it got dropped again. So it's like, I don't know what to believe. So I think the best thing to do, just wait for all the facts to come out, then make decisions and make, like, um, judgments after all the facts come out because we don't we just don't know enough to, you know, make a concrete decision. decision yeah, yeah like, it's like, it's not in our expertise to be um, giving out all these, uh, you know, yeah. On our own because we don't know exactly. We don't know. Yeah, and I don't want to um, sound like we're insensitive by saying, "Yeah, he made like by saying that she's lying." She's probably like people who say like, "Yeah, she's they just dismiss it at like the first time they hear it." Yeah, she's probably just doing it for money. Like, how can you? How like how do you? Just because he catches balls for your team doesn't mean he does. Like people are like, "He's AB. He couldn't do something like this." People said that about Darren Sharper. Like, oh, he couldn't rape those women. He raped. He, he's in jail for it for like yep. decades and decades. People are like, he can't do it. He gets any woman he wants. Then we find out, you know, he did do it. So just because he plays football doesn't mean he's not like us. As as I've been hearing from like online, famous people put on their pants every day like we do. You know, they're not something special. They have like someone like some robot put it on for them. Where they don't have to do anything. They actually have to physically do it themselves. So it's like you can't just say that they didn't do something because they catch – touchdowns for your favorite team they get sacks you have to look at the case you have to look at it by case by case and make a decision that way right yeah so yeah uh, all that AB news obviously um, again like Jake was saying we'll see in the early hours of a Friday obviously before we're awake on the west coast um, <coughs> on the east coast they'll get their news a lot faster than us but once we wake up maybe we'll see something maybe we'll not uh, maybe AB plays on Sunday. Maybe he does not. Um, but that's what's going on with the AB saga now. It is just going on this entire. Yeah. And it's only week two. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's only week. week two. It feels like it's week five of uh, all this stuff. <laughs> it's only week two. Uh, but here, let's uh, take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, so yeah, we left you with some AB talk. Now we're moving on to some other news in NFL. And news that happened basically about a couple hours ago was that, yes, according to the Chris Mortensen at Mort Report on Twitter, 
the Miami Dolphins have granted permission to DB defensive back Mika Fitzpatrick, who was drafted last year in the first round, to seek a trade, according to multiple sources who say Miami's asking price is too high. The Dolphins have no comment, and the story is coming with help from at Cameron Wolf, who's a Dolphins reporter on Twitter. Um, then also, we also got some new news that, according to Ben, ben Albright on Twitter, who's we talked about him some we talked about him before on the podcast that he basically gets everything right like everything he says becomes like the, becomes truth um no matter how crazy it may sound it becomes correct uh so now he's saying that the Finns according to the sources are asking for a, the Dolphins according to the sources are asking for a first round pick but will most likely settle on a second round pick according to Benjamin Albright on Twitter so that's some breaking news to monitor um if I'm the Niners, I'm looking into that. However, I, as we talked about in text messages about this, I don't think they have. They, I mean, they could offer. They could be like, "Hey, we'll give you our first round pick for him." However, I don't think they're going to do that. They don't have a second round pick this year, so I think the best, maybe the best like proposal they can do. I'm not sure if the Dolphins would take this. Would be maybe a Solomon Thomas trade for a 2021. For I mean, Solomon Thomas, a 2023rd round pick this year. Next, I mean, this year's draft, next year's draft, then a 2021 second round pick, which I think may, could be something the Dolphins may want to do because they've been hoarding picks. They have like eight top 100 picks in the next two drafts. So you add, you add like another, you add another two of those. You have 10 top 200, I mean, top 10, 100 picks in the next two drafts. Um, that may be something they want to do. Uh, but we just don't know. However, if I'm the Niners, I am looking to try to get him because I think adding him to a adding a young, valuable piece that can move all over the field, plays free safety, strong safety, nickel linebacker, nickel corner, plays outside corner, he plays everywhere. Add another young piece to an already young and fast rising defense that the Niners have with Nick Bosa, the Forrest Buckner, Eric Armstead, um, D Ford, uh, Quan Alexander who we think is like 28, but he's like he's 24. And then we also have Fred Warner, who's 22, 23. Add, he, add Micah Fitzpatrick to a young defense like that, and he could probably be your starting free safety. I mean, your starting strong safety. You know, he could be Jaquiski Tart's role as a linebacker. You could have him in the – you can have Micah Fitzpatrick as a strong safety. Then you have Jaquiski Tart as your, like, linebacker, nickel linebacker, and then you can switch them off, switch them around. Um uh, he is a young. He's 22 years old, Micah Fitzpatrick, and I think he's going to be All Pro player. He was really good last year. Struggled a little bit in Game One, but he's an All Pro type player, and I'll be. And I think the Niners should look at trying to get him. Yeah, like you were saying, uh, obviously the 49ers don't have any second, uh, and I don't think they're going to be willing to give up a first. Yeah. Um, to the Dolphins, um, obviously, like you were saying, Solomon Thomas. Uh, I just don't have. I don't, just don't think the 49ers have enough trade value to try and get him Micah Fitzpatrick on his team um so I mean other, I, I feel like other contending teams are looking to add to their defense I saw a report maybe the Saints take a look like um, that, there have been already yeah. a bunch of teams that have been trying have, who, have, who have contacted the Dolphins about uh Micah Fitzpatrick so um I, I see a move either after Sunday or yeah for sure after Sunday I, I feel like Next week, there might be a move. Yeah, I think another. I think a team that could be good for him would be the Eagles. Um, I think that's the team we we should watch out for. We can see you can try to trade for him. The Broncos as well. Maybe the Raiders because they don't have Jonathan Abram for the season anymore. He's out with a. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if the Raiders would do it. 
I mean, they've traded for eight. They they, they traded they traded for Antonio Brown, so I'm not putting anything past them. Um, and also, they have a need because like their starting like safety is out for this season, and uh, Jonathan Abram. I don't think like they would do it, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders do do it because I think with John Gruden and I knew that Mike Mayock loved making Fitzpatrick coming out of uh, college, um, so that could be something that could happen. But I think the teams that I think the best team to watch for the team that's my favorite is the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. For sure, yeah. Like I was saying, I feel like the move will come next week, no doubt. So yeah, that's the make of his patch news right there. Now we're moving on to some picks. Um, we're doing some NFL pick them for you. Um, you know what? Let me cue the music. You talk, James. All right, so yeah, Thursday night, uh, it was the Panthers versus Buccaneers, uh, with the Panthers being minus seven with the over-under of 49 and a half. Um, Jake, uh, we had a special uh, pick'em guest this week, uh, Justin Samra. Uh, shout out to him uh, for giving me his picks uh, for this week and all the games. Um, us all picking the Panthers, obviously all losing, and with the Panthers losing... Uh, 24, uh, 20 to 14, uh, in a game where we thought it was really boring, but then, uh, coming back, having a little life at the end, um, there's a bunch of stuff happening, uh, Cam Newton for sure just does not look like himself. No, he was awful. Um, obviously Christian McCaffrey having a big first week in week one, um, and then being held to a like I was saying, a stout, looking like a solid Bucks defense, uh, holding him less than 50 yards rushing. Um, yeah, it was just not bad for CMC at all. Uh, there were some big throws. I mean, uh, Greg Olson uh, caught six, uh, had six catches for 111 yards, I'm pretty sure. Um, so uh, the game was low scoring, and obviously coming off your first week uh, and on a short week on a Thursday night game. Is not ideal uh, for these two teams, um, uh, but it is what it is. Um, James Winston not looking good. He, he got sacked three times, but he threw for a touchdown. Fan Barber had a touchdown, uh, in which a lot of people thought uh, Ronald Jones was going to get more touches. And even before the game, I saw an update that he was going to see more touches tonight. He only had four attempts for nine yards. Uh, um, so. For all you fancy guys who picked up uh, Ronald Jones this week and decided to start him in your flights. Sorry. Or, or stash him or whatever. Ugh, I don't know. Payne Barber looks to have that backfield for this game. I mean, he had 22 attempts. So, or 23 attempts for 82 yards and a touchdown. Um, Chris Godwin, a lot of a lot of fancy talk uh, during the summer also. Uh, he lived up uh, to that this game with eight receptions on nine targets. 121 yards, uh, averaging 15 uh, yards a catch with a touchdown. Um, Mike Evans looking pedestrian the, these first two games. Uh, I think only being held to like 28 yards on two catches against Akilah Witherspoon in the first game against the 49ers. And then this game, um, he had eight targets. Um, obviously, he wasn't sick this much this game. It's been a week since. The, it's, I mean, he might still have the bread. I don't know. But um, not looking like himself these first two games, uh, four receptions, 61 yards. Um, I mean, he had a big catch for 41. That looked like 
he was going to start to get going, um, but I just was not there for him. Um, and the Bucks uh, just did not look good. I mean, they obviously won, but excuse me, the Panthers just did not look good. They did not look like themselves after. I mean, obviously they lost uh, in week one only by three, 30 to 27 to the Rams. Um, Looks like they're going to have a big year, but just did not. Um, I mean, surprisingly, Cam threw the ball 51 times, but he only completed 25 of those throws. 50% completion percentage. He was sacked three times. Um, McCaffrey, only 16 attempts, 37 yards. Um, not looking good. Uh, like about, but like I was saying, uh, Greg Olson, six catches, 110 yards. Excuse me, not 111. Uh, Curse Samuel. Uh, with 13 targets, only catching five of those guys. Um, a lot of Cam's throws were not good. If you watch the game, he only had 91 yards receiving. Uh, and then DJ Moore with 14 targets, with only nine catches, 89 yards. Um, yeah, Cam Newton's favorite target today was the ground. Yeah, you're not lying. Yeah, a lot of the throws just not look good tonight. Uh, nope. and Christian McCaffrey only... I mean, he had six targets, but only had two receptions for 16 yards. So, just not looking good at all. Um, I mean, Luke Keekley looked good. He had yeah, he like, yeah, total tackles. Yeah, he's pretty good. Had a yeah, pick, had, had, a, had an interception that he dropped, but other than that, he was oh, really yeah. good. Uh, I mean, and then they also, the Panthers had a safety. Yeah. Um, the Buccaneers decided not to block. Uh, it was an ugly was game. Run up, run up right up the middle and tackle Payne Barber, so that was kind of yikes. Um, but one thing that I thought was very interesting that happened during this game was that on one particular play, I think it was was it fourth down? I think it was just third down, but it was really close. It was like third and something. Third and short. We'll just give it that. And I think it was Christian McCaffrey who was trying to run it to the, to the left side. I'm trying to find a video. No. It was a catch to Darius Moore to uh, the left uh, left outside, uh, left, uh, right out of bounds. Um, the first ref caught it. He put it down. And what seemed to be short of the first down, spins it to the other ref, and the ref puts it in front of the first spot. And Really big head scratch there. They gave the Panthers the first down. Um, when I was younger, or I still, my dad says this all the time, but my dad thinks is that before this call play happened too, they went to the review. They tried to review another thing. I forgot what it was. But my dad has to say, Vegas called, uh, try and let the Panthers get some points and let them drive down the field. Um, and I guess what happens I'm a true believer. I, I, I think it's funny that kind of stuff happens, and you see this happen, giving them a free first down. Um, I think the score here was it was uh, 20 to 14. And the line of this game was, according to Bleacher Report, uh, minus seven. So if the Panthers had have scored, it would have been 21 to 20. Uh, and if you bet. Still get confused, but it was just not good. People were sweating if they had scored, which they didn't. It was good, um, but yeah, this game was not fun to watch. I hated it. Yeah, this game wasn't good at all. Um, but now I got the music queued up, so now we'll give you our picks 
as you know, we give you the 49ers game, Raiders game, Sunday night, Monday night, our lock and an upset of the week. We also gave you our Thursday night picks that we all got wrong um, and an upset pick, too, that we give as well. My upset pick is going to shock a lot of people. Um, yeah, but Jesus. Let me get the music, and here we go. Week two picks. Je- uh, I almost called you Jeff. James leads the season series. Uh, he's five and three, I believe, right? Yes. And I am four and four now, so that's not good. But it's a new week. New week, new me. So first, we have the Niners versus the Bengals. The Bengals are a minus one and a half, for over under of forty-five. James picked the 49ers. I picked the 49ers. Justin didn't he picked the Bengals so he's now banned from the podcast forever moving on Raiders versus Chiefs Chiefs are a minus eight favorite over under 52 um we all picked the Chiefs because the Raiders just I don't think the Raiders have an answer for the Chiefs because the Chiefs are too damn good moving on Sunday night football Eagles versus Falcons Eagles are a minus one and a half point favorite over under again of 51 um James picked the Eagles Justin picked the Eagles and I a free thinker picked the Falcons to win now, James, if you want to do the last three, go ahead. And here we go, Monday night. Yes, the Browns versus Jets, and where the Browns are minus three over under of 45. Wow. Which, Justin and I, before Jake told me what he was going to pick, both had the Jets. But then we saw Sam Donald got auto. We all switched our picks to the Browns. Yep, he got the kissing disease. Hope the back of his hand's okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on to the locker room. To the locker room. Obviously, Patriots over the Dolphins with the Patriots that are 19-point favorites. Wow. M-A-O. Uh, yeah. also taking that game with Jake taking the Cowboys over the racial slurs. Yep, Cowboys over the racial slurs. Moving on. And upset pick. Yes. The upset pick. You say yours and Justin's, I say mine because I want to shock the world. Yes, in which I'm taking the Saints over Rams, where the Saints are the plus three underdogs, and which Justin is taking the Seahawks over the Steelers, and which the Steelers are three and a half point favorites. Wow. Now, we teased it. My upset pick of the week. I'm taking the Miami Dolphins over the New England Patriots. Here's why. Dolphins always played the Patriots well. However, when I made this pick, I thought the Dolphins were playing at home because they always win at home. However, they're playing on the road in AB's first game back with the Patriots. So I think I'm going to be wrong. But you know what? I got faith in the Dolphins. They've been crapped on this whole entire week. Everyone's asking to be traded. He's like, oh, we should fire Rob for whatever the hell his name is. For us because he can't coach. It's about 59 to 10. However, this week, they're going to shock the world. The no, sports no, no. world. They're playing in Miami. They're playing in Miami? Yeah, they're playing in Miami. Never mind. Well, still, they're going to shock the world. I'm picking the Dolphins over the Patriots. Because, again, disregard I said before, but they're playing in Miami. Always play tough in Miami. Patriots can't win in Miami. Antonio Brown's coming back to his, to Miami, basically near his hometown. He's going to be distracted because, you know, he's always distracted. He's always worried about his next Instagram post. So I'm taking... <laughs> The Miami Dolphins, as na- as, who are 19-point underdogs, I'm taking them to shock the football world, to shock the sporting world, to shock the world, 
every part of the world. Dolphins over the Patriots. Mark it down. And that's our picks of the week. Yeah, Yeah, those are picks of the week. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, week two. And just like that, we're almost there. Um, Anything else to add to the podcast before I end it, Jerry? No, I do not. That's all. Oh, we do have a surprise for you guys if you listen all the way to the end of the podcast. Yeah, and you probably... (laughs) Yes. Uh, I mean, if you do, you do. Uh, um, But, yes. There's just a little something Jake wants to put out there. I think it's kind of funny, actually. Um, But, yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, This is the VA Podcast, episode 66. Uh, No name for it yet. But um, follow us on Instagram, the VA underscore podcast. Follow us on the podcast app. Uh, Follow us on Facebook, uh, at the VA Podcast. For those who don't know, follow us on the SoundCloud app at the BA Podcast 2. And we'll say it again because I always end it with this. I don't know why I went with it second. Uh, follow us on the podcast app. Yes. Make sure to like, share. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Did about 50 times. A little trick I learned from the industry over a year and a half. You can get top 100 podcasts worldwide. We will take top 100 podcasts world in uh, sports and recreation. However, we shoot for the stars here at the BA Podcast. It's because in the top 200 podcasts worldwide. If you do, we'll give you a high five. So please do that. Um, and yeah, if you post our episode on your Instagram story, we will shout you out on our personal, uh, I mean, our podcast page, Instagram, where you get to see our 238 followers, you know, talk to us and look at our takes. Some like our takes, some don't. Some ask us to follow them. Sometimes we say yes, sometimes we tell them to go F off. But you never know what you'll get. So yes, that's all I have to add. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Whoa, dripping so much when I walk through the scene that they gon' eat it up like an edible. Yeah, stack on the records, they federal. Pot of sweater when I walk in, I set it off. Drill, pull up and fuck up your scene. Water, water on me, aquamarine. Big Draco, Winnie Houston. Hundred round drummers gon' sing. Nigga wanna be like me. Yeah, kiss all like Bruce Lee. Yeah, Christian Dior. Yeah, knock knock, got peas at the door. Yeah, thirty point gon' score. Yeah. I'm a hammer like Thor. Yeah, wow. Sip this on all. Yeah, skr, skr. yeah, water gon' boil. Yeah, yeah. Big cool megazord. Yeah, playing paddock against aluminum four. Yeah. yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to the BA Podcast. It's your co-host James with Jake, episode sixty-six. You know what it is? It's Thursday night, dude. Happy Happy Thursday night, Jake. Uh, uh, uh. Thank you. Fuck. You're welcome. We need to restart. Why? What happened? I almost choked to death. <laughs> and I burped a little. Nah, fuck it. We don't restart shit on this podcast. We're keeping it in. Jesus Christ, dude. Chill out. Dude, I'm heated. Why? Thursday night game got me pissed off. <laughs> well, had to watch, talk about that later. Had to, watch Cam, about, had to watch Cam Newton throw the ball into the dirt 20 times. That was his favorite why receiver. We, why don't we talk about the 49er game that's coming up on Sunday first? Yeah, let's do And then that. we'll get into it. Um, but yeah, so the yeah. 49ers, uh, week one, obviously talked about it last episode. They beat the Buccaneers, uh, 31-17. The Bucks. Um, the Bucks. Who played tonight, um, which we'll get into. So the 49ers now, uh, on to week two versus the Bengals. Um, 49ers are going uh, up against a somewhat, uh, tough-nosed Bengal defense. Uh, they are played they? the Bengals played the Seahawks in week one. They only lit up uh, 21 points 
to a, you know, some explosive uh, Seahawks offense in the cool. last couple of years. But um, only putting up, uh, only giving up 21 points to them. Um, the Bengals offensively, uh, I mean, they only scored 20 points, but they didn't perform. They, they performed pretty well in the past game. Um, while the rushing game was limited, uh, Annie Dalton threw 51 times. Jeez. Wow. Uh, but only completed 35 of those passes. Uh, that's actually 18 yards. That's actually pretty good. That's like 70% almost. Good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's like 68, 69%. Nice. And two touchdowns uh, producing on the air while the rushing game uh, for a total of 34 yards. Uh, but Joe Mixon was hurt during the game. He only had six carries for 10 yards. Um, oh. I think he didn't practice the last two days, and he's questionable for Sunday. So good. Um, <laughs> we're gonna see uh, Giovanni Bernard probably good. a lot more. For like five Mixon plays, is not playing on Sunday. Um, obviously, Andy Dolan had to throw to somebody, right? So um, yeah. he threw to John Ross, the third, who had seven receptions for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Wow! 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 A guy who was the first two years in the league is. Really didn't do anything. Uh, he was injured a lot. Littered with a bunch of injuries. Exactly. Um, big first game for the guy. He almost had sure. seven receptions, like I said. Yeah, he had last year. This is kind of weird, though. Last year, he had 21 receptions for 210 yards. He's already close to passing that for his career high. Um, Definitely. Had 10 yards per catch last year, along with 39. But, but out of those 21 catches, he had seven touchdowns. Yeah, so he was a touchdown machine last year. Yeah. For sure. If he stays healthy, he's good. He just hasn't been healthy. And he's yeah, young. Exactly. He's two days. Yeah, he's still young. Yeah, he's still young. I'm two days older than him. Wow. Dude, you feel old yet? I mean, you haven't accomplished yeah. a lot of things yet. I, I felt, mean, I felt this guy, old. This guy's in the league. I felt old after knowing Gardner Minshew, which we're going to do this segment again called Google This. Uh, Gardner Minshew, he's 23 years old. In this picture of him next to Tom Brady, Tom Brady looks like he's 23, and Garner Minshew looks like he's like 45. That, that made me feel it's old. That, it's that massive polo he's wearing, dude. Yeah. That stash. That one. Yeah, that made me feel old. I didn't. I didn't really. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really um like that photo to be honest. Uh, kind of yikes. But hey, uh, it is what it is. Oh, um, did you hear about Garner Minshew? What his actual name was supposed to be? If he, if his, um, I believe is if one of his uh, relatives, here it is. Gardner Minshew the second is the league's most interesting quarterback. Flint Minshew wanted to name his son Gardner second Minshew second, but that would be that would have been without the existence of a Gardner one, which there wasn't one. So he's basically that his father would have named him Flint. Flint Gardner the second, Minshew the second. That's kind of weird. Yeah, where's he from? Let me look. Uh, let's see where he's from. This might tell the whole entire story of why that's weird. And he's from. Okay, he's from Flowood, Mississippi. So yes, it makes sense of why he would would have been named that way. Why that name would have been weird. Hmm. But yeah, he's twenty. Yeah, he's that made me that when you asked me what if it, what's the old, like what's the like the um, when's the last time you felt old? 
it was that photo and next to Tom Brady, who looked like what Gardner Minshew should look like at 23 and what Gardner Minshew should look like at Tom Brady at 42. It was uh, very jarring, and I didn't, didn't appreciate it at all. Are you there? And back to the 49ers versus Bengals. How did we get on uh, Gardner Minshew? About a John Ross. Oh, yeah, that's how we got there. We started on John Ross. Yeah, John Ross, seven receptions, under 58 yards, two touchdowns in this first game. Uh, not only was he productive, but they also had three receivers with 60-plus receiving yards. Great start. Um, so, the offense, obviously only scoring 20 points. Oh, breaking um, news. Breaking news. Andy Dalton last week, as he said, went 35 for 51. His completion percentage, 69%. Nice. Don't know how that's breaking news, but sure, dude. Um, it's breaking because I said it was breaking. That's how it was breaking. The banking, the Bengal defense had the two sacks last uh, last game. Um, Sam Sam Hubbard with two of those sacks. Yeah, but Seahawks are uh, trash. Last Sunday, the 49ers only gave up one sack to the Buccaneers. Um, so our offensive line should hold up. And um, I think that sack was on a blitz. Yeah, I was on a blitz. I remember it. It was like a blitz. They blitzed like five guys at once, and it was like eight only gets five, and I was like, what the hell is going on? But for the most part, as you were saying, the Niners' offensive line was really good last week. They held uh, Shaq Barrett in tack, who had one sack, um, who Shaq Barrett we'll talk about later. is actually who's someone I wanted the Niners to sign in the offseason before they got Bosa and before they got D Ford, so we're kind of set there. But a guy I wanted, uh, a guy I wanted like this year during free agency, um, he's looking to be a pretty good pretty good uh, steal for the Bucks. Um, but the Bengals have kind of a different pass rushing type game, really, uh, where like their inside guys are more like their pass rushers, while the Bucks have like outside guys. Well, the Bengals have uh, Geno Atkins, who's like a all-pro. I believe he's like a five- or six-time pro bowler and like a couple-time all-pro. Uh, so the Niners' like middle interior offensive line is going to be challenged this week, more so than last week, even though they had to go against Dominican Sue. Uh, but this week they're going to be a little bit more challenged against with the Bengals, who have a pretty good defensive line. Um, and as you said, Sam Hubbard had two sacks. Uh, I believe he went to – I think he went to Ohio State. Yeah, he went to Ohio State. Yeah, and I believe he's uh, he was drafted last year. Let's see, yeah, he was drafted last year, third round pick, seventy seven. I mean, third round, yeah, drafted in the third round, pick seventy seven. Um, he had, he only had, um, I believe he had like six sacks last year, um, which as a rookie, that's actually pretty good. Uh, but he may be taking another step up this year as a third rounder. Um, so that was a good pick by them. He's a pretty good player. Um, I'm not sure who else got any sacks for the Bengals. I don't know. I didn't watch that game really. Um, but yeah, it should be more of a challenge this week, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, it should be a better team than the Bucks. Um, Even though the Bucks are actually be... not terrible off defensively, sorry, but they're not terrible. De- I mean, they're not terrible defensively. Offensively, they're pretty shitty, um, but it's not like the Buccaneers' defense is some like porous unit. Uh, they're actually pretty. They're actually somewhat 
talented. They have a, they have good coaching with Todd Bowles. Um, so yeah, um, I think the difference is going to be for this game is the Niners defense against the Bucks offense because the Buck. I mean, Jesus, Niners defense against the Bengals offense. Bengals offense is much better. I don't think AJ Green's playing this week. Do you know if he is or not? He's not playing. He's not playing? Okay, well, that helps out a little bit. But they do have Tyler Boyd. They have, uh, as you said, as we were talking about, John Ross. Uh, Joe Mixon is questionable for Sunday, as you said, as well. Um, they have that tight end, Usuma, I believe his name is. Uzuma? Yeah, Uzuma, who is a pretty good pass-catching tight end. They had that one guy, um, Eifert, I believe, they had last year. Um this guy, CJ Usuma, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, he had four catches for 66 yards last week. Um, so he's going to be a challenge for the Niners. I'm not sure who will be guarding him. I'm guessing maybe Dre Greenlaw. But what do you think about that? Who do you think will be guarding CJ Usuma this Sunday? Well, it's going to be a variety of people depending on what coverage you're in. Um, obviously, Dre Greenlaw, uh, I mean... I don't really see a lot of uh, slot corner uh, Kawan Williams guarding a tight end last week. I mean, O.J. Howard didn't have a lot of production last week, so or the, um, obviously... Yeah. fucking O.J. Howard. Uh, we'll see how Jesus uh, Christ. this goes against the Bengals. Awful player. Um, O.J. Howard. Jesus. I don't know. You saw how it's, it's their scheme, not ours, so they'll probably have some uh, queued up definitely for Sunday. Hopefully not. Bengal, yeah, Bengal ho- offense. Hopefully they don't have Solomon Thomas drop back in the coverage. Because the Niners like doing that for some reason. Have like one year least have like a a somewhat athletic defensive end, defensive lineman, just like go in the coverage for some goddamn reason. I'm not sure why. I mean, Robert explained himself on saying why he did that. So, what did he say? Uh, it's the preseason. And it's a good time to experiment. So, I mean, obviously, he saw that Solomon can't do it, and they're not doing it in the season. So that's good. They they did it actually. I'm looking at a tweet right now. They actually did do it. On a pick six that was against uh, that Richard Sherman's pick six, they actually dropped Solomon, Th- Solomon Thomas in the coverage. And that was like the only time they did it. So you know what? I changed my stance. They should do it every play because this so far this year, every time they do it, they have a pick six. Are you there? Okay. Are you going to talk? Fucking talk. <laughs> CJ Usama. <laughs> I didn't even pronounce that correctly at all. Uzuma. I was like, Usama. <laughs> oh, 
Usamoa. <laughs> what is he fucking? Nom the Osamoa cousin. Talk. Yeah, we gotta restart. I I hate how this went. <laughs> Usamoa. <laughs> Usamoa. <laughs> it's Uzuma. Usamoa. God damn it! I don't even know why you brought him up. I was talking about I was talking about Bengals skill position guys and they popped up yeah, in my head. They just asked me how they're gonna defend it. I was like, oh my god, dude, I don't fucking know. CG I'm not the fucking D coordinator. Usamoa. <laughs> it's all Zuma. We gotta restart, or we can probably just put this on hold. I, I can't do this. No, we'll use that. We'll, we'll put that as a blooper at the end. I can't do this. We gotta restart. Right, let's see where we went to.